I think the first thing is they need to protect their intellectual property. Then when they come here, they need to register companies, get tax licenses, business licenses, and then make sure that their product can clear through customs and quarantine. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Episode 191, 191. So Angelica, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing good, Mike. How about you? I am good. I'm good. Uh, lots of holidays in the Philippines, I'm learning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there's also a holiday in America. Well, yesterday when the show goes live, it's Labor Day mm-hmm. in uh, the first Monday every year of every September is Labor Day mm-hmm. in America. So it's a holiday in the U.S. I haven't had, I don't know when I, okay. I you guys owe me a holiday. When do I get a holiday? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So uh, things have been moving fast. We are, are rocking. We already got Andy Church's member forum highlights on the website. Did a great job. And who's up for this week's uh, member feature? Yes, our next uh, member to be featured is Oswaldo. So he's going to be uh, the next uh, member that we're going to showcase on our website. And yeah, everything is um, doing great. And uh, speaking of members, I was able to meet up with one of our VIP members, uh, which is Lorenzo. So I met him here when he came here in the Philippines. So I did an interview and um, it was great. So maybe um, after some or a couple of weeks, he will be the next lineup for, for our um, member series. Great. Yeah, Lorenzo's doing amazing stuff. He's taking action. He's getting his Amazon business going. He also did a Hangzhou GFA meetup. In, uh, in Hangzhou, China. Uh, he's already planning mm-hmm. September's. So yeah, Lorenzo, thanks so much for, for being awesome and keep up the hustle. And I bumped into Edward. Yeah. Edward, the lawyer, our lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. I randomly bumped into him Friday when we we're doing this intro recording at the Huanggong border of China. Really random, just right through customs inspection. And he's like, mm-hmm. what, are you, what the heck are you doing here? How do you bump into somebody at the border? But, uh, <laughs> We were talking about contracts and stuff, but it's awesome, right? It's building a community. We're 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 uh, we're getting things rolling. We yeah. did we did a, our third meetup in Saigon last week on Thursday. We also had our second Hong Kong meetup. Yes. Uh, so things are really picking up. We got Shanghai September. You guys can check it all out at globalformasia.com slash events. We're doing everybody loves events. It seems so. So that's going. Yes. And I actually another so our goes into our guest this week. We have Glenn Ball, a very awesome Australian mm-hmm. business owner, uh, general manager of No Go Go 
Groceries, isn't that a cool name? No go go. So it's an online delivery. Yeah, no go go. It's an online delivery, so you don't need to go to the grocery store. No go go. I think uh, it's easy for Chinese people to. Yeah. <laughs> I made me think of the bus. Well, I I don't know in uh, in America there's Chinatown buses, and they always say go 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 go. Like they try to get me onto the bus, like go go go. <laughs> so this is no go go, and. He's been awesome. He was an amazing speaker at our cross-border summit. He's been so supportive of the community. And we finally got him on. He'll actually also did a video. So Angelica, you know I'm testing video. So if you guys want to see the video, uh-huh. it's not the whole interview of of today's recording, but we made a video of the uh, tour of his operations. Because I know so many people are interested in online e-commerce mm-hmm. in China with food. So he's going into all his yeah. ref- refrigerators. It looks like a grocery store, but it's inside of a warehouse. Mm-hmm. So we'll link that up on the show notes. Hopefully, I, I got to remember to do that. If if not, somebody send me a message. But we but Ogogo is awesome and they deliver all throughout mainland China. You can order online in, in English and they also have a Taobao store. So Glenn just drops mm-hmm. amazing knowledge uh, and shares so much with us today. So I really appreciate it, Glenn. He's already so mm-hmm. supportive of our next cross-border summit in April 20th and 21st, 2018. He'll, he's already got the dates blocked off to, to help share with, with our attendees. So he's a really uh, knowledgeable and, and awesome yeah. guy. So let's let's listen to the interview. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our Global from Asia podcast. This one is I've, we've been looking forward to for a long time. Glenn Ball from No Go Go Online Groceries here in Shenzhen. Thanks for being here, Glenn. Thanks for having me, Michael, and good to finally catch up. Yeah, we've we've to each other in Vietnam, which was awesome, and you were one of our more popular speakers at the Cross Border Summit, and we really appreciate you coming and supporting and and sharing there as well. So it's about time we got you on the podcast. Yeah, great. Yeah, and uh, the uh, cross-border summit was absolutely fantastic. And actually, I learned uh, learned a lot more than what I thought I did and actually came out with a lot of good ideas uh, and started to think in a few other ways how I can actually do my marketing and also met some people that I do actually now follow uh, a lot of their WeChat and a lot of their uh, articles because it's been... uh, very beneficial. Okay, I'm happy. So happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. We got the. We're talking about the next one, April 20 and 21, 2018. So it's pretty far out, but can make it bigger and better than than ever. ever. So about about uh, about no go go. You guys are definitely famous in Shenzhen and other parts of China. You you guys have been around since you said 2008. And can you maybe introduce? The company to to everybody. Yeah, uh, essentially, NoGoGo Online Groceries is an online department store. Uh, we've got at the moment uh, almost eight thousand eight hundred SKUs, twenty two, twenty three categories with about three hundred subcategories. Basically, anything that you would expect to buy with uh, imported and some local goods. Instead of going to a supermarket, you can shop online with us. Check out with a delivery time, a preferred delivery time, and a preferred payment method. And in Shenzhen, we deliver three times a day with our own drivers to your door, uh, Guangzhou's twice a day. Uh, we deliver through other parts of the Pearl River Delta with our own drivers weekly uh, at a designated time. Or we also can ship by uh, our chosen courier companies, either SF Couriers or Kui uh, to any destination you want. I have customers in Beijing. We've got them 
Shanghai, we've uh, Sichuan. Uh, we're almost in around about 30 uh, first and second tier cities now with customers. Very cool, very cool. And then a little bit about your background. You're, you're an Aussie from Melbourne. Oh, no, right? Brisbane boy. Brisbane, excuse me, excuse <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> excuse me, my ignorance, but yeah. that's, that's great. But you've been in China for quite some time. And, and how did you get over here into? To China. Oh, okay. First time to Shenyang was actually back last century, so that's telling telling you my age. So it means I'm starting to get a bit long in the tooth. I first really came back around about 2006, 2007, and actually I liked it. And then between 2007 to 2012, I came back here every three months looking to find something that would actually suit my skill set. I've got 25 years prior experience in food and beverage. I've cooked in a lot of restaurants, in, especially in Brisbane. I was very well known in the food scene last century as well and early this century <laughs> um, and done a lot of setups in restaurants in different precincts and developments. And after my food skills, I actually then learned how to work at the front of house, do the back of house, consult for people. So I've also consulted in Greece many, many moons ago as well. I've helped out in Cambodia. <laughs> To China, I actually met one of my friends back in Australia that I've known for since about 1995 and I met him, I hadn't seen him for a few years, was in 2011 and we'd known each other because we'd both been in hospitality for many years and they were opening a restaurant up here. In China, they've got actually a, a lot in Dongguan. I think they've got five or six at the moment and doing quite well, but they wanted to open cooking school for children and adults in a small town just outside Dongguan. So that was my opportunity to come back and then I was cooking uh, private dinners for people in the government, uh, doing uh, cooking classes for kids. Uh, And after probably 18 months, I wanted to do something more because, you know, even though it was going okay for me, I wanted to get my hands back into everything and start to use my skill set. So I actually became a general manager of a restaurant down here in Shenzhen. And as I was a general manager, I think I'd only been there around about two months. And that was going back just over two, almost two and a quarter years ago. Uh, the two bosses from NoGoGo actually walked in and grabbed the beer. And I actually didn't know who they were in the beginning. And um, I served them and then a couple of days later they came back and they asked me, they asked, I asked them, you know, same as last time and they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, do you want to drink the same as you drank last time? And I said, <laughs> what did you have? And I said, you had a large deli, you had a small deli, you sat on that seat. And they said, you know, how do you know? And I said, I always, as my job, I'm very customer uh, service focused, try to make sure that I can remember people or try to make sure what they have because I think it leaves a good impression. So... They said, do you know who we are? And I said, no. And they said, oh, we're from NoGoGo Online Groceries. And I said, there's some really good things. And I said, there's some other things that really need to improve. <laughs> and they said, would you be interested in, you know, coming and working with us and well, as a general manager and we'll give you shares? And I thought they were joking because it was only the first time we'd ever met. So we went and I went to their sister company that's just moved in with us. I went to their office first and had a look at some of the what they had. Mm-hmm. We had a few discussions and uh, they asked me what I wanted and I told them. So we went away for about a week. A week later I came and had a look here because um, I wanted to understand exactly what I was getting myself into. And we basically came to terms and that's it. And even for me, I've got a, a lot of experience in, uh, for, for food and beverage, but this is 
similar in some ways but completely different in a lot of other ways. So it's been a huge learning curve and it's probably now really only after around about 18 months that you start to get actually comfortable enough and with the knowledge and the way that the market trends and get confidence to know which way that you can push and, and move the business. I can imagine. Yeah, it's we we can put the tour. We did a we did a video tour of the of the facility and operation. So we'll put that on on the show notes for people to watch. Which is it's an amazing operation here. And I I know you get a lot of requests or emails. I get a lot of emails about food. Everybody has this dream to sell to China, and food and beverage is one of the probably the top categories people think to sell in China. Yes. How, how would you say is the general market of foreign food and beverage in China? I mean. Now, I mean, it's something everybody says is huge. I mean, oh look, I definitely think that, it, that 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 there are some products that can definitely do well. You will find, and it's no disrespect to a lot of other countries, but the product companies, countries like Australia, New Zealand, UK, uh, and the possibly the French products sell a lot better. Um, some of the smaller countries, um, like even Russian, uh, South African products, Brazilian products. They're very good. They're just not well known here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, the best advice I give to anyone if they're starting to try to bring anything like that over is one is research your market. Uh, two is find a platform to put your product on. If you don't have a platform that you are 100% locked in that you can at least start to showcase your product, don't do anything until you've got that. Uh, be realistic with your expectation on price. Uh, a lot of people come in and tell me that their their product's good, like Australian wine companies, for an example, where they've got like the Rawson's Retreat or Lindemann's wines. It's a good entry-level wine, but what we were purchasing that wine for six, seven years ago has dropped down by about 40% because of the, some of the Chilean wines, the Argentinian wines that came in at a very low price point and then have slowly worked their way up. I had people that have, will bring me Australian wines and go, oh, but you don't understand, this is better. And I said, I know it's better than the, the Rawson's Retreat or the Lindemann's, but you're more expensive than them. And I said, people don't understand the product at the moment, mm. so you need to drop your price. And they they didn't want to listen. And I said, well, at the end of the day, you know, he was also an Aussie, and I just said, at the end of the day, you make your decision what you want to do. But you need to understand in the beginning, you've got to come in for what the market will absorb. Not what you expect to get is what the market's willing to accept. True. And uh, I think also do your research to make sure that your product's compliant because it is an absolute minefield doing uh, CIQ, getting sanitary certification. And um, be realistic about your goals. It takes time. Everything takes time here. Everyone, anyone that tells you that they've made millions and millions of dollars straight off is telling lies. It's true. I think any business, but especially China business, right? Yeah. Here is a it's a whole new world for sure. Yeah. So then, the, that's kind of an overview of the food, and then so you're mostly uh, you're purely online. Uh, you also, I think, you do some B two B as well. We is, do a little bit of B two B. Okay. But not a lot. Um, B2B because we actually, because the, the size, the packaging uh, and the product, we actually do more domestic instead of commercial sizes uh, for kitchens and stuff. And at the end of the day, for, for our business model, we get paid upon delivery. So we're not chasing money, uh, which is always a big, big thing. I've been on both sides of the fence, yeah. so I, I know what it's like when you're 
working in restaurants and that and sometimes you're trying to stretch out payment a little bit. Uh, and I think it just makes it easier because we just have certain time, time slots they go in, we deliver. A lot of our customers we know, I probably personally know maybe 700, 800 of my customers. Um, so, you know, we get the relationship that way as well where if there's any, anyone's got a problem, they can talk with me. My customer service ladies have been with me for a couple of years. So, you know, there's a good rapport. Exactly. So then, yeah, so e-commerce definitely is attractive for the cash flow. Um, but then we're, as we did the tour and even in this interview so far, you've said they, they need to be known in China. The market needs to be educated. So that's yeah. a, either somebody's got to do that work or, or the brand does that work. Would you say, like we're talking about the Pellegrino wa- yeah. water and the mm-hmm. packaging and it, so that's the job of the brand or the yeah. owner of the, the product to get the Chinese market to know about it. I mean, for for you, if I know there's probably people that even listening today and want you to help distribute their products, but people need to to need it or want it or know about it, right? I mean, is that what you just say for these people trying to sell in China these these products? I think the struggle is Chinese people don't even know the difference. Like you said, the differences of the wine quality or the brand. It's all about brand, you would say? I think, yeah, it's all about brand. But another important thing is that I've actually seen some Australian companies also come here with when they've brought in a a certain uh, product is that they've done a bespoke or generic product tailored straight for the Chinese market. Product was very good. Country of origin was Australia. But the problem that they've had is that they actually haven't been able to have that brand for purchase in an Australian outlet. So the first thing is when I actually sat down with my staff and discussed this product and I said, uh, what do you think about it? And they said, it looks okay. But they said, where can we buy it in Australia? And I said, you can't. And they said, why is that? And I said, because it's from the same company, but they've actually just done this product specifically for the Chinese market. And they said, exactly right, straight away. That's a huge mistake because the first thing they do is they'll have friends. When they see this product come in, they'll ask their friends, okay, it's an Australian product or a UK product or a French product. How much is it selling for in the stores? What stores is it in? Where can you find it? If you can't even find it from the country of origin, then then forget it. And this company has actually had to go back and remarket. They've still kept the brand, but now they've actually had to launch into the Australian uh-huh. marketplace to actually then have the the people now know that they're familiar with the product in Australia, that it actually is a genuine Australian product because there's, there is. There's a lot of trust exactly. uh, issues with the food scandals and uh, contamination and then uh, how would you put it, lack of transparency from a lot of companies. So I think the brand, no matter what it is, I think is very important. But I think is also is to if you're going to bring it in, Match it from where you can buy from your country of origin. Uh, you know, when people start trying to do something that was a little while ago, like putting dragons or something that will, might relate to the customer's feng shui <laughs> or red numbers or lucky numbers, that's 20 years ago. That's that's not now. The, the, the people that are actually purchasing now, you know, especially in the big cities, are more educated. In the smaller cities, they mightn't be, but the same thing is they can go onto the internet and have a look straight away and if it doesn't look the same, people are going to either be confused or they're not going to trust the brand. It's true. I mean, the Chinese consumer, I think, is they do a lot of work researching, more than, more than I think Amazon or overseas. I think sometimes uh, Americans or foreigners trust easily. They see it on the website. They, they like the price. 
the description, they'll buy it. But I think Chinese consumers will research a lot because of the, the whole trust. They're afraid of getting a scam or they're afraid of getting fake products, especially if it's for for babies. A lot of people know listening. I have kids and yeah, my wife and everybody's afraid that it's going to like because there's there's horrible stories we've heard about in the news of fake fake uh, or, or chemicals in baby powder or cheapening of the product to maximize profit. So it's, it's hurt the whole market. And yeah, I mean, a Chinese brand could still say they're a U.S. brand as well and trick Chinese people. So even though you, the listener today might be really in Australia and might have a real brand, if nobody can find it online in English, you know, Chinese aren't, aren't dumb. Like, yeah. like you said, they're, they're, they have friends. Chinese are everywhere in the world. So yeah. they can ask their Chinese friend in Australia to look it up, check it out. And they are doing it. So it's a very interesting insight. So for, for distribution, it seems like you have your own website and you also have a Taobao store. What's some experiences you could share with, with getting, you know, getting traction in e-commerce in China with, with your, with these products? Um, I actually made a big thing like when I first started with the company, like our WeChat uh, had been going for a couple of years. And I think it was almost two years ago when I first came in and I said, oh, do we have a WeChat account? And they said, yes, and it's really good. And I said, okay, so how many followers have we got? (laughs) They said 280. And I looked and I said, how can that be after two years? So the first thing I really did was then make a big effort to find something every week that I think I could engage the followers with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started putting QR codes, uh, on the website as well so people could follow our WeChat. I posted uh, consistently uh, every week the same day around about the same time Um, and I then started working uh, at that time I was talking with Gary from Checkout Daily that's a good Mm -hmm. friend of ours. Yeah, Gary's great. And he's very, very smart and very good with his marketing and he actually gave me a few ideas how to possibly with the wording of when I was wording the content, like the, the first five or six words to attract the customer to open chat was actually something that he imparted to me that which was extremely important. Uh, and what we would do is in every week we would go through and see how many reads we've got, how many new followers we've got, um, how many shares. And I think the thing is that if the content's good and, and important, then a lot of people will share it. Uh, so we made for certain products and categories every week that we'll do specials. We also do a lot of stuff with health and well-being as in uh, related to uh, healthy recipes. If there's something that's important or useful to our readers uh, that we posted just recently about health insurance or another one was through another friend that's got a platform called Ringy, which is yep. Swan. Swan, yep. yeah. She gave me one article was about like how to get your medicine, your Western medicine, but how to say it in Chinese and, and then, you know, to either walk in and show the chemist or what it was written so you could understand, you know, what you're getting. Um, item, information like that that people actually take interest is actually good because it engages a reader but they then also know sometimes that as we've grown now and we've got uh, almost 4,000 WeChat followers, which is almost 50% of our database, so I'm reasonably happy with that. Amazing, yeah, um, That, you know, people also have trust in us. So as we're building a brand, that anything that I do cross-promote um, is also our name going on there. So it, it's uh, to build up the trust. So 
That was one way that we did it with our WeChat branding. Uh, the other thing is I don't spam people's email boxes. We'll put out specials once a week, but we'll put valuable content. We'll just put products that are on special. Anything that's the main category special for the week, we'll also put a banner at the top of it the, so they can understand. I also put periodically, not very often, but sometimes we've got something that's a very good offer. We might uh, do up some flyers and put in the deliveries so the people will actually read, but only put content in there that's going to be relevant or is not going to be uh, too spammy. Another way that we've got traction is I tend to, uh, I've, I've found out with my market, I found out like a lot of the working professionals are either working in the government here or they're working in the big international schools. I attend a lot of fates uh, and fairs and I support them as well. Um I actually go up and I did last year. I went up and actually went to every international school in Guangzhou and introduced oh. myself, uh, had a talk, asked them if they've used us, what did they think that we could do better, what were they happy with, what would they like to see. Uh, so I was directly engaging my market, which I think in some ways might be a bit old-fashioned, but if you can build a relationship with there, it speaks volume and will actually help you increase a lot quicker. I'm also a director of a group called ANSCOM, which is Australian and New Zealand community group. Essentially, it's a community-based group where just families and people can get together and celebrate cultural days, sporting days, so we can have a bit of banter between the groups. If you Social networking, if you want to, want to call it that way as well, um, where we do things all about families, all about community and all about, you know, helping each other out. Um, either talk about, you know, what they miss at home or, you know, what they'd like to do or sometimes I've actually met people that are there that have actually become suppliers of me now uh, just from actually meeting through there. But we're not a political group. We're not like a lot of chambers. We're just more grassroots level. Uh, but the good part about what we do is membership's free. It costs you nothing. So, you know, if you want to be involved in something like that, you make the effort and I think what you put in uh, to anything uh, here is what you get out. Agreed. Yeah, this is great. We'll link up all this on the notes. I'll get, yeah. I'm taking notes now. So, so you said WeChat and I know a lot of people get confused about WeChat. It is pretty, it seems simple at the beginning mm. is the chat and then there's stores and there's official accounts. So yeah. I, I'm really also curious you're selling in a WeChat store, you your website, you have a Taobao store, you have your mm. newsletter, word of mouth, like yeah. events. So how does it, I think WeChat's still complicated for a yeah. lot of people. So you're especially foreigners. I yeah. don't know if they do they actually transact on the official account or are they yeah. probably messaging your yeah. messaging you or your team like with personal accounts or how does a normal transaction Okay. With our WeChat account, we actually haven't put up a WeChat store because we've got too many SKUs and, yeah, and the ERP system just would have a heart attack. Yeah. Um, it's an official account. So you can choose a public account. I believe you can post once a day. Uh, you've got a, and our, actually you can, you can get, sorry, a subscription account. Yeah, you can post. see this is so good. Yeah. There are subscription and service accounts, I think. Yeah. Is it it's once, once a day you can. The, the, our official account we can post four times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do there, we just solely put uh, like the information that they go into there, like they can find delivery time schedules, how to contact our staff if there's a problem, the specials that we run and, and the and the history or any of the information with the WeChat we've posted. Uh, and we just use as an interactive, another form of customer service if they need to talk to our customer service staff uh, that it runs all day and all night. So as we've grown, we've actually got a lot more interaction between our customers 
because we do have a live chat on the website that more people actually mm-hmm. connect to us now with WeChat because it's more convenient that way. So for us, it's just mainly advertising and just and and uh, service. Great. No, this is this is. I wanted to bring it up because I think a lot of times listeners email me and they want to make an official account mm. with the official store inside yeah. the account. But my experience too is uh, we have an official account for yeah. Global from Asia, but a lot of people still want to talk to us in chat and they still want to get more of that human interaction and and then uh, the transaction sometimes still happens like manually yeah. or outside or or to your website. Yeah, it's interesting, and you're mostly dealing. With, how much is foreign versus or Westerners in China versus like local Chinese or okay, for our business? Uh, the website, the main websites are around about ninety six, ninety seven percent expats uh, and about three percent Chinese. But our Taobao shop makes up ten to twelve percent of our total revenue, so it's about. 85% foreigners, 15% Chinese. Uh, some people might find that a little bit strange. Yeah, um, that's the first thing a lot of people yeah, don't people understand. people always like this. Yeah. Uh, my Chinese business partners, uh, he has uh, other hugely successful businesses uh, and he's had the, he started off the whole import store and then uh, Nagogo became part of the, the, the group of companies. My business partner just said, we don't have a big target, but we need to hit the target. We need to hit it precisely. To give you an idea, there's other players up in Shanghai that have been doing extremely well for many years and they also target expats and are hugely successful. I think for what we're doing, I think it's got value. Slowly but surely, more Chinese will will use our service, but the difference in the culture with a lot of Chinese that are middle class or rich will have in a year that will go down to the market every day and collect things. I think as a lot more Chinese have travelled and then lived overseas that shop once a week is their habits as opposed to Chinese shopping once or two every one or two days, then we'll start to get more traction into the, into the Chinese market. Agreed, agreed. And so for new importers or people... Well, maybe we'll talk about new importers and we'll talk about how they could work with you. But first of all, we've talked about this over beers and 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 a lot. I mean, it's a huge headache to do business in China. I think it's getting maybe a little bit easier in some ways, but I think with the food and imports, it's getting harder. Yeah. Do you want to maybe, let's not scare people so much, yeah. but give some ideas yeah. of what they're getting themselves into if they want to yeah. do a new food product into China. So uh, I think the first thing is they need to protect their intellectual property uh, and then what they need to do is then obviously make sure that they're able to then export that product. Uh, Then when they come here, they need to obviously register companies, get tax licenses, business licenses and then make sure that their product can clear through customs and quarantine. Um, Of course, there's people that work around it and then put it into Hong Kong and expect other people to do it. We won't touch it that way because you've got the, the accountability for the person importing it actually reduces on their side but it increases the accountability for us because um, every now and again we do get inspected with products and then they ask us for customs and quarantine certificates, sanitary certificates for the shipment that's related to that purchase product that we've actually purchased from our suppliers here. So it can take anywhere from six to nine months for some products to be cleared but that's part of the process for everyone. Uh, so they need to be realistic that it's not just going to, okay, we're going to land it and then it's going to clear. Even in Hong Kong, people put it in the first time it can take a month to six weeks. So they need to be patient. I think I have one company that actually, that he ships into Shanghai, he ships into Beijing, he ships into South China. When they do have a new product, he'll go to three different 
customs or four different customs and quarantine companies, put the same product there and get a report from each of those companies to see if there's any ingredients that might not match or the product needs to be modified. Then he'll go back, assess everything and then see if there's a few discrepancies here or there and get clarification. Uh, I think it's important to have clarification. I think it's important that you need to have someone that can follow up for any new legislation with a lot of stuff coming in. Sometimes the government doesn't give much notice, um, but I think the government does that also to so people can't find loopholes so quickly mm-hmm. um, around doing certain things. So, And I think also what they need to do, that if they can't bring it all in themselves and get find the platform that can do it, that can work with it, that can give them the advice that needs to be done. But... They've got to do their homework and if they're going to be realistic about doing it long term, they need to, like I said, follow the due process. If you take shortcuts, you may get it through a grey channel but then sooner or later something's going to happen and then, you know, it's going to come down on you very hard. Totally agree. I mean, it's it's getting more and more strict here, every, everything. So I would yeah. say, of course, maybe for samples or, or to get some feedback in the market, maybe maybe we ship some. But, I mean, of course, to actually sell or do commercial business, you should do it the correct way. And then they can't, they can't, of course, they would love to have you do it. Like you said in the interview, that's pushing a lot of the work and the risk onto the importer. So if they don't want to do, if they just want somebody to buy it from them in their country of origin, then the price has got to be a lot cheaper because the, the work is done importing and distributing, which yeah. is most of the work. But you, 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 you won't get involved with that, right? No, it's just too, it's too, it's too much of a headache. And because of what we do now, as we're growing, we're actually getting a lot more people that have actually set up. I've actually helped a couple of companies that have come in that have had meetings with me before they've even got everything done. They've, they've bought samples and had a talk and then asked my advice. Uh, what do they think it's going to be worth in the market? What price do you think it would work? So I've given them advice and feedback uh, and then we've had discussions whether we thought we could sell it and I told them once they had everything done with their office and they're set to do it. So... He, they came and met me, me actually three times and now they've got their first shipment arriving and they will launch their products with us uh, as well as other stores uh, in a early October. Nice. Yeah. So we're getting towards the end, end, end of today. There's, we could talk forever, I'm sure, yeah. on this and we might have you come back. I'm sure we can get some great feedback on this this show. So working with, with you and NoGoGo, you the process, they got to get it into, into China. And yes. then, of course, it's up to your discretion. Do you want to share ways people could... Could work with you on it, or um, is there is there procedures or, or? Yeah, every time someone comes in, like I get them to send me an email about what their products are and what they've got, and then what I generally do is I'll give them a, a form, like I'll give them honest feedback whether we think that this product will sell or not. I have certain products like olive oil, coffee, honey that everyone thinks they're going to sell millions. thousands of millions. Uh, and it's just something that doesn't sell so well on us also because we're also expats and also expats know that certain products that they like that they can get at home where they've got luxury honey or something where they're paying outrageously high prices where we've been sport when we've grown up we've had this resource reasonably cheap high-end products with us don't sell it's just like truffles as well like people try to sell me truffles it's just i'm not selling to a business i've got a somebody just yeah. asked me about that yeah, yeah yeah so i've got you know i've got a different market with that because you know we're, we're sending to the end consumer we're not sending to the the uh, b2b mm-hmm. um 
when someone contacts me, I'll give them feedback and honest feedback. I'll send them a, a compliance form with everything we require for them to trade with us. Trading terms and agreements, I send them everything like that as well so they can actually have an overview of that and then see whether they're willing to accept our terms and conditions or not. I'm always reasonably flexible because if the person's good, I don't mind to help anyone. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to promise them something I can't deliver. I'm not going to waste their time because it just wastes my time as well. So, um but yeah, if they contact me with everything and then I'll give them honest feedback. And I actually even say to people, if you can't do business with us, you're more than welcome to come in, have a look, understand what we've got um, so then they can get a bit of feedback. But like I said, we're one, only one part of the marketplace. We're a little bit unique. Um, but what we are doing now, we're starting to do quite good, which I'm I'm happy with. That's great. Congrats. Yeah. You've been working hard. I, I mean, you had a... You've been you've been back from Vietnam and you've been nonstop. So yeah. you, you guys deserve it. You're working hard. Yeah. Thanks. So so how can people find nogogo.cn? Yes. Is that the best place? Is there yeah. okay, so yeah. we'll link to that. Yeah. And and thanks so much, Glenn, for yeah. coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's appreciated. Great. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thanks so much, Glenn. You're the man. I will be meeting you actually in Shenzhen again before this show even goes online and we're going to make some more more stuff with you and go, no go go and, and everything you're doing thanks again for supporting the entrepreneur community and the Global From Asia cross-border e-commerce community it's much appreciated and, uh, and I know it's helped a lot of entrepreneurs already and I hope today's show I'm sure this will because I know everybody always emails you and Glenn and me about how do I import products into China how do I sell products distribute products especially food and and consumable goods. I've gotten people email me like vitamins all the time. So thanks so much, Glenn. You guys give them a shout at nogogo.cn or send them an email. We'll put it up on the show notes. Again, please remember we have a website. I spent quite a bit of money making it and upkeeping it, globalfromasia.com. If you want this exact show notes with the video link of our interview, we try to make it happen before this show goes live at globalfromasia.com slash episode 191 and we are I'm going to get some rest because I spoke at the Hong Kong meetup just yesterday when I'm recording this intro but we were making it happen we got chapter organizers now in all these different cities kind of getting things rolling thanks again Lorenzo got Nick Bartlett in Hong Kong got some other guys thanks to our sponsors these amazing events if you want to See an awesome event, October 27th, Friday, Huachan Bay, Shenzhen, China, cross-border matchmaker. I know you guys have been pushing me for another cross-border summit, begging me for more than one a year. I compromised here. I wanted to keep it once a year, but we're going to do a different style event. It's going to be in English and Chinese. we got some massive Chinese sellers, Chinese uh, service providers. So it's going to be simultaneous translation. We're going to have kind of like getting matching up top Chinese sellers, top foreign sellers up on stage at the same time. I'll be hosting a bunch of the talks and we're going to be learning from the best and we're going to have like some booths and tables and all kinds of crazy stuff there. It's going to be a really amazing event. Globalformation.com slash matchmaker. And if you want to spend a couple of days with us, we're doing a tour of some factories in Huachan Bay with our China trip, globalfromasia.com slash China trip. It's going to be the day before on Thursday, October 26th until Friday. And then Friday, October 27th will be the matchmaker. So you get both in one with a hotel 
and meals on us or part of the package. It's of course a paid, these are both paid events. So attending these supports the show and builds a community and builds our network and gets you to know some awesome people. People always enjoy these events. I was kind of joking the other day. I'm like, I do all this online work, all this online content, but the way it seems to make money a lot of times is offline events. But they are pretty powerful. We got Will Churlin. He was on the show a while back. He's coming in speaking. He'll also be at the China trip with us to check out some of the stuff even for his own interest. So got some other awesome people from Europe sellers, American sellers, Chinese sellers, and all kinds of amazing products there. I'm uh, I'm totally excited. And I got to thank my wife, Wendy. She's really running this and kicking some butt. Got some amazing, amazing speakers. We got Walmart China coming. Amazon China, I believe, is confirmed. And PayPal and others. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're really kind of taking this community to the next level. Trying to integrate the Chinese side and the foreign side. And uh, thanks again for being part of this. And I am signing off. Peace. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.